What are business coalitions on health? How are they representing the employer's voice? What are they bringing to the table? And why does all of this matter to you? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Jessica Brooks. Jessica is CEO and Executive Director of the Pittsburgh Group on Health, which is one of the most proactive business coalitions. And it's also an opportunity for us to explore a new perspective that we haven't talked about before on Shift Shapers. So with that, welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me, David. Well, we appreciate you taking time to chat with our audience. Jessica, let's level set. Some of our listeners may not have heard about health-focused business groups. Can you tell us a little bit about what those are, what their mission is, and why businesses take this approach? Maybe level set a little bit for us. Sure, I'll be happy to. First, I'll give you a brief background on the Pittsburgh Business Group One Health. We were started in the 1980s by C-suite executives of business companies who were headquartered here in the Western Pennsylvania region. And they came together as a result of not being happy with the direction of where healthcare costs were going and believed that together by leveraging their collective power that something could be done about it. And so we began with educating was the first step. And that's really the foundation of the Pittsburgh Business Group on Health is educating the marketplace and businesses on the trends of healthcare and then how to activate together to do something about it. There are other coalitions across the country that have started for different reasons. Some of them are educational based or foundational based. Many of them may have started as a result of a specific disease state or condition, population health focused, and how they can address certain key issues in health in their marketplaces. Others were more, I would say, aggressive or targeted in their approach and had come together specifically to direct contract to create a relationship between them and providers to address the cost and quality of care. So when many people say when you meet one coalition, you've met one coalition, there is some truth to that. We have begun for various reasons. We Some of us were birthed directly out of chambers of commerces within our marketplaces. Some of us had organically grown by leaders within the region. 
some of the coalitions have been hybrids between both the healthcare industry and businesses. For our coalition, it has been business-led. We say we are here for employers, created by employers. Our mission and our voting and our structure is all employer-led. With that said, we do know that in order to address healthcare to really make a difference, we have to have a relationship with the industry. We want transparency with the industry on both sides for them to understand what matters to us and, and for us to understand what their challenges are and then coming together to create solutions. So we have created a membership program where we allow what we call associate members, which are non-employer-led, more healthcare provider services and organizations in the in the coalition, such as health plans, pharma. We do consider brokers and consultants associate members because they sell products to employers. But we do have, I would say, a, a multifaceted membership at this point. That's interesting. In our pre-interview, when you were explaining a little bit more about the broader industry to me, you focused on what you called four pillars about the engagement and development model. I'd like to discuss those and, and let's take them one at a time. You alluded to the first one already. You mentioned that education was a key component in the necessity of founding your group. Talk a little bit about education and how that plays in. Sure. We have created, over time, we we realized that employers didn't trust so much others outside of themselves. So their health plans partners, sometimes their consultants, sometimes they weren't included in that list, pharma, et cetera. So we created forums for employers to be able to come together and share their truths, their pains, sometimes their complaints, and their key questions together and be able to benchmark off of one another. And that's how a lot of our education, the value to our members is is in those closed meetings where employers are able to come, share what they're doing, how they're shifting and addressing their challenges, and how they plan to work together as collective group of businesses to address the bigger challenges in the marketplace. Then we we have created community forums that allows everyone to be in the room and participate and share their best practices, whether regardless of who you represent, whether you're a health plan or a provider, pharmaceutical company, a consultant, etc. We've begun to target our education over the years to focus on trends in healthcare legislative challenges or changes that are happening in healthcare. We have a large symposium that draws over 500 people a year now that focuses on a variety of topics in healthcare. Most recently, that has been around data, well-being, and the direction that that's going. We realized a couple of years ago that we needed to take education to another level, that we were great at bringing people together, but we need people to be able to do something with the information. There's so much information out there. So as a coalition, we've, we've been working on how do we package or create toolkits, materials? How do we help employers get information to their employees, which is a huge challenge around engagement and are realizing that value based decision making is really where we need to hone in on. How do we create the most savviest purchasers of healthcare in the country? and leveraging our education success to do that. 
And so we are beginning to take our education forms from being in-person meetings only to creating certificate programs around value-based purchasing, inclusive of the cost factor, price, how things are priced in healthcare, how employers make decisions, how they need to include quality in that, and then how do we identify the right subject matter experts to provide that insight into our marketplace. So education is definitely something that will continue to be a strong pillar of ours, but we realize we also need to evolve it to meet employers where they are today and where they need to go. And all of this education, all of this insight that you gain in the meetings, is that shared with all constituencies, your associate members and your employer members as well? Yes. we. That's one thing I think is could be considered unique about our coalition. We are very transparent. We have frank discussions and very provocative content within our meetings. And most of that is shared with all constituents. And we call those community forums. That's inclusive of our employer members and associate members being in the same room. We think it's important for the associate members to understand what we're talking about, maybe consider how they may want to adjust, or at least engage their clients in a different way, knowing that they're being informed or learning new insights that may impact the way that they relate with them in the future. So we, we're pretty transparent about what we talk about and, and what we're sharing with our employer members. There are sometimes exclusive or closed meetings where we come together to strategize, and then we open the door once we know how we want to approach the marketplace. Provocative conversations in healthcare in 2016. Imagine that. Oh, <laughs> right. The second pillar, and it, it fits right in with education, is advocacy. Yes. And you touched on that a little bit, but maybe a couple more details around that that second pillar. Sure. Advocacy is something that I think has been more organic over the years and now has become an identified pillar just in the past 18 months. So this is really fresh as far as us identifying it as a pillar. And that's come through us having very dynamic changes in the healthcare landscape within our region. And again, when you talk to every market, we all say that we have the most interesting market. We have had consolidation at an accelerated pace. And post-ACA, that's been expected, and we've been seeing that across the country. But here in the Pittsburgh region, we've, we now have two dominant integrated delivery systems, provider-payer systems. As a result of that, the dominant provider which had a longstanding relationship with the dominant insurer, which had over 70% of the market for, for many, many years, no longer has a contract together. So as a result of that, employers over the past two years have had to make decisions on access that we never had to make before. And our coalition made a, a conscious decision to understand the concerns of employers as these shifts were happening and wanted to make sure that we played an active role in representing the voice of, of business communities. As a result of that, we've been very vocal, represented in many publications, both regionally and national publications, such as Modern Healthcare, on the issue of provider consolidation, access, continuity of care, transition of care, which were top concerns for employers. To be honest, quality really wasn't a part of that discussion because people were just really concerned about the access issue. 
And as a result of that, we said we need to be deliberate, more deliberate about representing the voice of employers, more responsible with representing the voice of employers. I didn't mention earlier, but we are very diverse in our membership. We have both private and public sector, inclusive of education, government, manufacturing, technology, finance industry. So as you can imagine, some employers may have a position on one thing that others don't. And so we have created a process to ensure that we represent the majority of members and that we aren't just representing the large businesses, but all businesses within our communities. As a result of that, we plan to author and publish publications in the future on current health issues impacting our membership. We plan to continue to be vocal from a media perspective and take positions and stances on things as the market shifts. And that's inclusive of local dynamics as well as multi-regional dynamics, as well as national dynamics such as specialty drug cost increases and things like that. Yes. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years experience working with educational institutions. And over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. The third pillar, and this kind of again fits right along, is group purchasing. And I think that the reason that we were interested in having you on the program, besides your expertise in the area, is that I think a lot of folks outside of the world of these business groups think that the only reason that they exist is for group purchasing. And we've certainly talked about a lot of other things, but group purchasing is still a significant component, isn't it? It is. It really is. We went into the group purchasing arena about 18 years ago now. So that's how long we've been in the group purchasing business. We didn't start with that. We, in fact, were 15 years in before we even considered group purchasing Again, employers, employer led for employers by employers. So we had a group of several employers who came together and said, we can do something about the cost of our drugs. And we began to, by coming together and leveraging our collective buying power. And that was, has been our longest standing program, our drug program. We have since then gone beyond that. We, we have the drug program, but we realize there's a lot of other ways that employers can come together and leverage their buying power. With the drug program, we've begun to, to get into more clinical focus, focusing on certain disease conditions, ensuring that employers get better pricing in that, but also setting up smarter contracts that we're able to remain competitive year over year, that we are able to get access in a different way as the PBM industry evolves as well, 
that we are able to leverage site of care strategies and things such as that. A real focus on efficacy, customer service. And when you think about, I mentioned earlier that our organization was started by the C-suite. Well, over time, the C-suite had begun to send their HR benefits folks to the meetings. And now that's primarily who represents the representatives of the companies that are members of the organization. What they care about also is how much is on their plate and how fast they have to get up to speed and really unrealistically with all the changes in healthcare. So we do our best through our group purchasing partnerships to put performance guarantees and expectations on our partners or vendors that they're able to provide a level of service that probably these companies wouldn't get on their own. So we continue to try to differentiate our programs in that way. We have diversified quite a bit in over the past 24 months and including health plan partnerships, ASO arrangements mostly, global benefits, for example. So we have some partnerships through that and really working hard to meet employers where they are today, but evolving the group purchasing programs to where they how they need to buy in the future. And we know we're going from volume to value. We actually had this at a board discussion yesterday about how do we evolve our contracts, our group purchasing programs to align with the future of healthcare, which is value-based. We're still learning, to tell you the truth. We're still evolving. I plan on probably saying no to a lot more partners in the future as we get smarter and understanding where healthcare is going. And we want to make sure that these vendors and partners align with our value system and that they're ready for the change and committed to that. When you talk about the future, obviously that's data. And these days, in almost every conversation that we have in our agency and that, that all of our listeners have or many of our listeners have, it seems that data is kind of the gateway drug to employer happiness. And I know the fourth pillar that you guys are working on is gaining insights from data. And I know that's something you're very passionate about. How are you going about that? Where are you at on that? And what do you see that transforming into as you go down the future? This is one of my favorite topics. We realize that the future of health is data. And with that said, the future of PBGH is data. So we've had quite an interesting journey around data. I wouldn't say data is new to us, how we're transforming the way that we work with data. Our partnerships around data has changed quite a bit, though. For years, we've looked at and partnered with various vendors around how does our MSA compare to other MSAs? Are our costs pretty comparable? Are our plan designs in line with those that we believe are comparable regions or marketplaces? How does price of procedures compare within our geographical region? Can I get an MRI here? And does it cost 300% more across the street and why? And then we, we started down this journey of we need to get beyond discounts as employers and how we buy and contract with our health plan providers and understand the total value equation and, and incorporate quality in that. And how does quality compared to cost. And so that's been a key focus of ours, especially as our market has shifted. We wanted to make sure as employers were sometimes making emotional decisions around access and who they would partner with to provide for their networks, for their populations, that they didn't just consider access alone, but consider quality of that access. It's almost like the cable industry today and, and how Roku and others and fire sticks are kind of changing the way you are able to choose what value you want out of what you watch. 
is the network with everyone included really the right network? And how do you make an informed decision to choose how to create ultimate optimal access and high performance? And so we've leveraged data as a key part of that. And now most recently, we partnered with an organization that is a human capital analytics company who is allowing us to be able to bring employers together collectively to share their data, total human capital data from medical to Rx to workers' comp data. Oftentimes we don't, in organizations, we're siloed and don't realize that the decisions we're making in one department impacts the total cost of care for our organization. Biometric screening data. If an employer is able to collect the data, we're able to now incorporate that into this database that is providing real-time insights into what's happening, not only in our companies, but in our region. As a coalition, we're looking for that to lead everything that we do, our education, our advocacy efforts, our group purchasing programs, and then our collective strength, our scale. How can we begin to do something together again, like we did with drugs 18 years ago, to make a dent in healthcare today as in the right way, the right dent. So we're really excited about the future of data. We're learning a lot. Every day is a learning experience. But I really do believe together, collectively, employers can truly transform healthcare. And we have to give them the tools to do that. And we believe data is at the center of that. In the end, though, and we've got about a minute and a half or two minutes to wrap up, but in, in the end, it's all about value, isn't it? It is all about value. So how do you help I'm putting you at a disadvantage because we've only got a couple of minutes to talk about something that we could chat about for an hour or two. But how do you help your members start to understand that it's not just about the external things? It's also that these misaligned incentives need to get realigned to help the system operate in their favor. I think a lot of it is, I mentioned our education. We're now providing access beyond our forums. We're beginning to engage the C-suite again, almost going full circle. We realize that there is misalignment between the CEO and how they're addressing healthcare, the CFO, sometimes the COO and HR, the chief HR officer, and then the benefits person. There's various layers within our organizations and we're all looking at healthcare differently. We have to get on the same page as employers. So we've begun to create special sessions and educational opportunities for the CFO as well as the CEO. We believe we we need to partner with the organizations that already have those folks at the table to do that. We don't expect CEOs to participate in our coalition as their HR people do. So we're trying to meet them where they are, but we see a great interest at that level more than ever before. And that's because of everything that's changed in healthcare over the past few years between the ACA, the introduction of exchanges with private and public, and then local dynamics has the attention of the CEO that we haven't had for a long time, probably decades. And I think that's going to be a key way if we can work together to get at least that alignment of leadership within our respective organizations, looking at healthcare in a way that very differently than they did before, we'll be able to get some of these innovative interventions and insights there and the willingness to come to the table together to create solutions. A great place to put a pause in it. We hope you'll come back as things evolve. Jessica Brooks, CEO and Executive Director of the Pittsburgh Business Group on Health. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Thank you, David. This has been quite a pleasure. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, 
without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.